0: Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com.
1: I'm coming for your wives. I'm coming for your children. I'm coming for your children.
2: From the police assault, no revolution instead Your body beating blue and red And a bright white light on the horizon instead Then the napalm drops and the flames won't stop hey, teachers dead, preachers dead, soldiers dead, cops The napalm drops and the flames won't stop Ten hey, teachers dead, preachers dead, soldiers dead, cops What you gonna do when no one comes to you? You better, better make a plan for the wasteland So what's your plan for the wasteland? Mutants and martyrs, just malnourished kids telling stories about all the fun stuff we did. No gas for the car and no shells for the guards. So stay back, relax, let the cannibals come. You wish they were zombies, but there's breath in their lives. Breath in their lives. Do when no one comes for you. Oh, what you gonna do when the hungry humans come for you? You better, better make a plan for the wasteland. So, what's your plan for the wasteland? What's your plan for the wasteland? So what's your plan for the wasteland? Would you rather be starving? I would rather be gone I would rather be dust when the bombs come along So why fight with the dying when you get rest and be dead? We all need survival like a hole in the head Pray you're safe with your sound, not sleeping in the ground the first fucking target in this quaint little town well, the gas came, you When the gas can you choke when the fun came you drowned What you gonna do when no one comes for you, oh? What you gonna do when the consequences come for you? You better, better make a plan for the Wasteland So what's your plan for the Wasteland? Ain't got no plan for the wasteland, like a go Sam, by the wasteland, you're a bit jumping by the wasteland, you got no plan by the wasteland. So what you gonna do? When no one comes for you, you better better make a plan for the wasteland. You better, better make a plan for the wasteland.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific and beyond into red light. Sometimes it goes pretty late. Support this project at patreon.com echoplex, or you can go to eplex.store, pick up some swag, or there's also a Patreon-like subscription there. Other ways to support the show can be found at echoplexmedia.com support. Um, yet again, I didn't have time to separate everything out into like an upfront and whatever. So we're going to just do a long one. I'm just going to kind of hit the ground running. So, uh, podcast listeners, you get an extended version of the show this week. Um, maybe the show, maybe the main show is just two hours now. Who knows? So We're going to get right to it here. The, uh, Dominion verdict is in, um, here is some coverage of that from a uh, CNN.
4: Presenting uh, Dominion Voting Systems after the company settled with Fox, the attorney, uh, Justin Nelson, announced the deal. It's a really unbelievable figure. Fox is going to pay Dominion Voting Systems $787,500,000. Dominion's lawyer saying, quote, today represents a ringing endorsement for truth. And for democracy, Fox trying to put a positive face on what can only be interpreted as one of the ugliest and most embarrassing moments in the history of journalism. Fox uh, issued a statement saying, quote, we are pleased to have reached a settlement of our dispute, dispute, with Dominion voting systems. We acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. The settlement reflects, I'm sorry, this is going to be difficult to say with a straight face. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are, hopeful that our de- <laughs> Sorry. we are hopeful that our decision to resolve the dispute with Dominion amicably instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward from these issues. Unquote. Let's bring back CNN legal analysts Laura Coates and Ellie Honig. Wow. Um, so, Laura,
3: 700... 700- so I'm not a big fan of Jake Tapper, but I do feel sorry for him having to try to try to read that shit with a straight face, right? Because he was right. He was like, this is kind of hard to read with a straight face. Fox is like, oh, we're gonna we're all for uh, uh integrity and journalism or whatever. It's almost like uh, almost like ethics in game journalism or something. Like just trying to fucking talk about Gamergate and say that shit with a straight face. Um So my understanding that when Dominion was like trying to raise money they had a valuation of 60 million dollars so the company was worth 60 million dollars they just got a settlement for more than 10 times that so i guess they're worth more than 60 million dollars now <laughs> here's a uh, fox news is how he how he uh he refuses to give the dollar amount for the settlement because he just doesn't know if it's been confirmed or not
5: night hi howie
6: Jillian, a two hour mystery behind closed doors turned into a sudden and dramatic last minute settlement between Fox and Dominion, ending one of the most heavily covered media lawsuits in the modern era. Judge Eric Davis had already helped select and seat a jury and announced that opening arguments would begin right after lunch. And then late today, the judge emerging and delivering these six words, the parties have resolved their case. Dominion had sued Fox, charging that the network damaged its reputation by reporting on false claims that its machines were somehow stealing votes from Donald Trump. Trump, and flipping them to Joe Biden, signing internal messages that key figures at Fox did not believe those conspiracy theories. Fox argued that Dominion cherry-picked evidence in search of a big payday, and that the First Amendment protects the network's airing of false claims made by former President Trump and his allies as extraordinarily newsworthy. Fox said in a statement, we are pleased to have reached a settlement of our dispute with Dominion voting systems. We acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. This. Reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. A Dominion lawyer gave reporters a dollar figure for the segment. But I have not been able to independently confirm that. Dominion CEO John Poulos shared his opinion with reporters. Fox has admitted telling lies about Dominion. Now, both sides had an incentive to avoid a costly six-week trial. Dominion might have lost and gotten zero. Some of Fox's top executives and opinion hosts would have had to testify. But there's undoubtedly disappointment at other networks that were relishing this spectacle.
3: (laughs) Not just other networks, just fucking everybody. Everybody thought it was great. I I do wish they would have gone to trial, though, because and they should have put it on TV, right? Because a lot like Tuck Tuck having to uh, having to uh, testify would be amazing him under cross examination where he can't like deflect and he has to answer questions or be held in contempt would have been fucking fantastic. Here's, I believe, Fox's Mark Levin on this matter. That's this judge in the
7: Dominion lawsuit in Delaware. I'm looking here at Mediaite, who is obsessed with this case. That's who this clip matters, is from. Because they're all left-wing goons and pre Nonetheless, they're headlined by Ken Meyer. We've dealt with him before. A judge in Fox Dominion trial roasts Maria Bartiromo. She's clearly neutral, he says snarkily. I guess this man, this judge, this Superior Court judge in Delaware hasn't heard about New York versus Sullivan. Maybe he hasn't even heard about freedom of the press. Does the judge know how to speak? Is he even literate? So here's the judge who's supposed to be impartial, who clearly is not, by his own words. And I would argue by his rulings. According to Washington Post media critic Eric Wemple, who was in the courtroom for the hearing, the judge's delivery was deadpan and confused the Fox attorney. That was not the only time Judge Davis spoke out in colorful terms about Fox's coverage in the aftermath of the election, which he's described in scathing terms throughout this case. Judge, why don't you step aside? This is the big leagues. You may not be able to handle this. It's going to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I, uh, no, no,
3: he was wrong. They settled.
7: Lawyers are the Fox executives or this one.
3: I'm just saying, as a lawyer. Wait, Mark Levin's a lawyer? You're, you're, you're small potatoes. This is in your
7: courtroom. You're, you're making a clown show of the thing. You're obviously biased and partisan, the way that you're ruling. Arturoma has continued to promote election denialism. Gee, you would have thought they were talking about Jamie Raskin in 2016, or dozens of Democrats in 2016. I wonder what the judge would think about that. I wonder if the judge is aware that NBC News raised questions about voting machines, as did many experts and the connection to the Internet. I didn't raise these questions. They did. Okay, well, you weren't named in the lawsuit. went out under the signatures of Elizabeth Warren and Ron Wyden. And I did all this research today for my Sunday show on Fox, so you'll want to see it. Maybe I'm telling too much right now. Let's wait. Even though I know, he's, I know. He's, he's whispering. Nobody can hear him. You're hanging on my every syllable. Because the corrupt Democrat Party media and those funded by Democrat donors like Media Matters and Mediaite and the others, they desperately, desperately want this case to be won by by the plaintiffs.
3: They don't care. About I like how he's whispering. It's amazing. I'm whispering. Is he afraid Dominion's going to sue him next if he says this shit too loud?
7: Oh, you're not going to want to miss my Sunday show. I got
3: Dershowitz for half the show. Oh, a friend of Epstein.
7: I've got the former acting... Attorney General of the United States, Matt Whitaker. I think you're going to love the
3: show. Sounds great. Uh, I should watch his show instead of mine on Sunday, obviously. God, what a fucking black hole of charisma Mark Levin has become. I remember when he was kind of like animated and like, I didn't, you know, I never liked him or whatever, but I, I thought that he was, you know, animated, like I thought he was a decent broadcaster at one point, but now, nope, he's boring. I was like, waiting for that clip to end. I mean, I, I want all of this to end, but I was waiting for that clip to end. It was I was like, "Is this still going? Why is this still going? So up next, we have Marjorie the Gathering. Uh, she's going to ask uh, what she believes are tough questions in a hearing, and she's going to get uh, shut down by both her uh, by, by both the Democrats and by her own side
6: outrage, complete outrage, where China is poisoning America's children, poisoning our teenagers, poisoning our young people. How long are you going to let this go on?
7: Congresswoman, let me assure you that we're not letting it go on. We are fighting this. Scour- no,
6: I reclaim right my time. You're a liar. You are letting this go on. And the numbers.
7: Well, no,
8: obviously. actually, I want you to take the words of the speaker down. So in uh, making a ruling on this, uh, it's pretty clear that the rules state you can't impugn someone's uh, character. Uh, identifying or calling someone a liar is unacceptable in this committee. And I make the ruling that we strike those words. It's, uh, sorry, just a point of order, legitimate question. You're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Did you move to take the words down or to strike them, Mr. Thompson? Yeah, sorry, I just stepped in. Point yeah, it, it, take them down. So that's what we do. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I, my understanding is, if words are taken down, that means that the the member can no longer speak in whatever the proceeding is that those words were said.
7: Personal inquiry, point of personal inquiry.
8: That's, there's no, no such so thing. Just...
3: <laughs> there's no such thing as a per, point of personal inquiry, Marge. Second.
8: House, uh, when we strike, uh, it does terminate the time of the individual who is speaking. So uh, the gentlelady is no longer recognized. Uh, the chair now recognizes <laughs> Mr. Ivey, I believe. Uh, can I make a point of inquiry, Ma- Mr. Chairman? You can. So the, the ruling was that because she used the word liar... Um, that was taken down, which I agree with. Yes. But but accusing...
9: A statement of
8: fact is very similar to the posters that uh, Mr... There's uh, no statement of fact. There's no statement of Bullshit. fact. There's no, there's there's no, no, no factual fact. basis for the statement. We're not here to debate this, okay? And the ruling was made by the chair that these previous words were not against the rules of uh, Clause 1 and Clause 4 of Rule 17, but to tell someone that they are a liar is—it's it, pretty clear in the rules. Slander is clearly covered by the rules.
3: Well, slander is a legal term, yeah. But you can't in the in the um yeah in the House of Representatives you can't be like you're a liar. You can say I think you're lying, but you can't just say someone's a liar. I know that's like a distinction without a whole lot of difference. But I mean, these these bodies have all these kind of weird esoteric rules. Anything honestly to make Marjorie the Gathering shut the fuck up is good with me. Uh, speaking of uh, Marjorie the Gathering usually little Nicky Fuentes is uh, relegated only to Red Light we only cover him in Red Light but because it's about Marjorie the Gathering and we just had a Marjorie the Gathering clip we're going to play a Nicky Fuentes clip Um, looks like uh, there's a war between uh, little Nicky Fuentes and Marjorie the Gathering you know what Marjorie you stupid bitch whoa dude Nicky listen listen, he said that not me
10: war on marjorie taylor green metaphorically not personally you stupid fucking bitch you're my ugly. god Nikki. you wear highlights in your hair and you're fucking stupid and we hate you yo get this you see her tweet check yo watch this she retweeted an article from Daily Beast trying to smear me. How low can this woman go? She's best friends of pedophile Jew Milo. Giannis, Whoa, dude. Who's living in her campaign house with this black husband.
3: No, remember we watched the video of him throwing his wedding ring in the ocean? I was like, pawn that shit, you dumb fuck.
10: And now apparently he's writing her tweets. So you know what? i was gonna drop it i was gonna let it go but now it's on site i'm going to northwest georgia we're buying ads we're putting up a website i don't care what the outcome is every voter in northwest georgia is gonna know this woman hired a pedophile jew named milo
3: just saying she hired milo yiannopoulos is good enough for most regular people you don't gotta you don't gotta go how extra like that nikki also, a little, little, um, uh, little information about his uh good buddy Ali Alexander comes up tonight during Red Light.
10: Putting it on, on the ad, we're putting it on the website, we're putting it on the billboard. It's on site. Marjorie Green, number one enemy of the America First Movement. You heard it here
11: first
3: don't ever you sl- dude that's why you don't ever make friends with these people like marge tried to make friends with these people and look what happened i don't feel sorry for marjorie taylor green but if you make friends with a bunch of fucking nazis you they're gonna eventually fucking turn their ire at you because all they are is hateful that's all they have is hate and uh, hate that's it so you know eventually you're gonna be in the crosshairs so to speak
10: she should have no right to come at me and honestly I may even consider a lawsuit for her to insinuate that I'm like covering up for a pedophile. I mean, that's just straight up defamation. So I am well, a
7: lawsuit,
10: and I'm talking to people to see if I could put some money together for that because I
3: know. But no, she just retweeted a Daily Beast. You would be suing the Daily Beast.
10: This uh, wench,
3: go down. A wench? The only, the only listen. The only lady we call a wench around here is the media wench, and it's a term of endearment. And she gave that name to herself. A wench? What is this, ye oldie times? Wench, bring me a beer. Like, what, a, what, a, what a fucking old-fashioned young man little Nicky Fuentes is sometimes. So the thing, in case you haven't uh, heard, the thing he's referring to is his pal, Ali Alexander, it came to light that he was asking like 15-year-old boys for dick pics in exchange for access to Milo Yiannopoulos. Fucking sick behavior. Fucking sick behavior. Um, and uh, so little Ali Alexander's like, oh, I'm going to take a little time out of the spotlight. Ali Alexander going to get a knock on his door. That shit's illegal. Um, strangely enough, it'll probably be like a U.S. postal uh, inspector that comes after him because it's the internet crime and it's crime across state lines using a means of internet interstate commerce. So it'd be really weird to get arrested by the post office, but I think that's what ha- what's going to be in Ali Alexander's future. Now little Nicky Fuentes is trying to do anything he can to not talk about it because they were, they were thick as thieves, man. They were thick as thieves. And oopsie, again, careful who you associate with. Up next, we got a sore loser Lake uh, staying mad, just staying mad. And you'll love to see it. Here's her on the Kimberly Guilfoyle show. Like I said, just staying fucking mad. If Twitter cooperates here. Great website. They're running over there at Twitter, by the way. No notes. If I had an actual intern or something, I'd have them download all the videos for me before the show. So I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Here's a sore loser, Lake. a sore loser in on the Kim Guilfoyle show, the really bad green screen.
12: Right now, I am focused, as you know, because we've talked many times on my court case. I, I'm not just hopeful about my court case. I'm confident in it because we have the evidence. It's overwhelming. All you had to do was be in, uh, in Arizona on November 8th. You saw it. You felt it. Everyone in Arizona knows Katie Hobbs wakes up every day. She looks in the mirror, and she sees a liar looking back at her and a fraud, and she knows that- are you in her mirror? The entire state knows that election was stolen.
3: Yo, Katie Hobbs squeaked out a victory by just being like, oh, not going to say shit. My opponent is a crazy person who believes in chemtrails. Uh, I'm just going to sit out the election for the most part. Um, We'll just let Carrie Lake uh, do the Carrie Lake thing. And she fucking won. She didn't even campaign. She was like, nah like i'm hoping that people will see carrie lake on one line and then see another person who is not carrie lake on the other line and act accordingly and she squeaked out a victory by like not doing shit and that's probably one of the things that pisses off fucking carrie lake the most honestly is that is that her opponent didn't campaign at all and carrie lake was like running all over the fucking place trying to get people to vote for her amazing just fucking amazing So up next, we have more sore loser like this time. She is on the Steve Bannon show. And um, apparently she ran into uh, the morning Joe and Mika at the West Palm Beach airport. And it didn't go so well.
11: Can you just describe that? We're going to play B-roll. We got a little bit of B-roll. and We'll play some stills of what happened. Tell us what, what, what happened yesterday with you and Mika.
12: Yeah, I, I happened to be at the airport, Palm Beach, uh, West Palm Beach, and I was leaving and I happened to see Joe Scarborough. So I I turned around and and got on the escalator down and he was heading into the restroom. And I said, hey, Joe. And I and he, and he was nice. He said, hey, I said, you know, I just wanted to introduce myself because you guys spend an awful lot of time bad mouthing me on your show. And I just wanted to, you know, put the human being behind the face that you guys kind of go after. And Mika uh, was not uh, very pleasant. She started recording me unbeknownst to me, which is fine. Um, And when I called her out and said, are you recording this? Uh, She said, yes. And Joe said, don't do that. Like he was a little bit perturbed that she was recording I'd record it um, but I just said look you know I I'm the human being behind the person you guys like to bash 24 7 and that's okay but I just wanted to introduce myself and then she called me then her handler the handler you see in that picture said well you're a liar and you're an election denier and
3: uh fuck you, you know, out of their handler you're
12: delusional and all of this and I said you know I'd love to come on your show and talk about it Mika did jump in and and reiterate what the staffer said. Um, you know, like I said, <laughs> Joe was pretty um, pleasant. And when I said to Mika, "Are you recording this?" Uh, she said, "Yes." And Joe said, "Don't do that." And
3: I yeah, don't know if that that.
12: started something when I walked away. I walked away from it alive and fine. So that's good.
3: All right. Well, they didn't kill you. I suppose that's good. Ran into J- Morning Joe. Didn't die. What a warrior! I would have loved to have heard that. That would have been great. Listening to like their handler go, oh, no, you're actually a crazy person. Yeah, she lived through it. She lived through it. Chat's, chat is shocked, too. Up next, we got uh, Matt Gates on the uh, Steve Bannon show. He has the proof about Hunter Biden's laptop. Because, I don't know, that's just what we talk about now. It's Hunter Biden's laptop.
6: Solomon comes on
11: today because I know it's one thing that you've been very focused on. John Solomon comes on, got a breaking story. Then he tells us Jim Jordan. He talked to Jordan that certain they've been you guys have been doing depositions of certain members related in the intelligence community to the full page ad in the letter that came out about the laptop from Hell the Forty One. And he mentioned Mike Morell's name, and he said Mike Morell has given some information that could lead one to believe what Solomon thinks that you're going to be able to connect this. To the Biden campaign now I know you've been very involved in this this is a kind of a bombshell so people know who Mike Morell is former deputy director of the CIA former acting director of the CIA wanted to be Joe Biden's CIA director got a phone call from Tony Blinken who was representing the Biden campaign saying you know gee Mike doesn't this Hunter Biden laptop look like Russian disinformation Morell testifies that that thing triggers him to be the ringleader of an enterprise to go to others and to put together a letter for the specific purpose of use by joe biden in the presidential debate you guys can prove that we can prove that and and
3: much more i am everything i'm telling you i'm amazed that he thinks that he thinks that they're going to depose members of the intelligence community community and get uh like straight answers and that the intelligence people in the intelligence community aren't just going to lie to their faces in a deposition. Like, who does he think these people are? These people are fucking spies. I've seen burn notice. I know what's going on with records and testimony uh, there
11: are other very concerning behaviors of the government that i have only seen reflected in testimony some i've only seen reflected in records that's why every day this week i will be conducting depositions as a part of what we're doing on the uh, weaponization subcommittee we, wait is he deposing business. people we are rocking and rolling to get to the bottom of it and and there'll be much more to come hey where's Nestor? At, at, uh, can we, can we talk about Nestor? we can prove that the entire purpose of this letter at the outset was to influence a presidential election with some of the most senior people who have ever been in our intelligence community using the Emperor mater of their security clearances to pave the way for joe biden's presidency
3: yo spy's gonna lie to you that's all i'm saying spy's gonna lie to you don't care they don't care where they're at that's their job they're gonna lie So I wouldn't trust a damn word a spy told me, even in a deposition. Don't care. (sighs) These people are just desperate for this uh, Hunter Biden's laptop thing to be a thing. And I don't know. Like, I don't give a shit what was on that laptop. (laughs) I keep saying the hard drive, too. If it was a modern laptop, and these were probably Apple laptops, that shit was soldered to the board. There was no hard drive. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, we're going to move on. Rand Paul. is a one trick pony here he is uh talking about covid and the disinformation during the height of the pandemic
13: Member paul you are uh, recognized for your opening comments
3: in 2002
14: congress established the department of homeland security in response to the 9-11 attacks to centralize and consolidate to prevent terrorist attacks In the 20 years since its creation, the Department of Homeland Security has departed... I like
3: that there's people in the background just having a conversation while he's giving his statement. They're like, oh, this shit again. (laughs) Like, do you see what happened at fucking Sally's party? Oh, my God.
14: ...from its original mission and used its expansive authorities and funding to impede on the rights of American citizens. This is not just my opinion. In November 2022, the ACLU concluded, 20 years later, it's past time to seriously reconsider DHS...
3: It's a be- well, your good luck getting the fucking Republicans that you caucus with to fucking defund or get rid of the DHS.
14: The practices aren't just antithetical to our values. They're a waste of taxpayer dollars and a distraction from serious problems facing people in our country. What should terrify every American is that the full extent of DHS's abuse of power against its own citizens are still largely unknown. The public is only recently learning the degree to which the department's cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, CISA, was employed to surveil and censor American citizens' social media for what it concluded to be misinformation and disinformation. What was the result? Statements about COVID-19 that are now supported by
3: evidence were flagged as disinformation. Which statements? What do you mean? They all say this. They're all like, oh, we are declaring victory. All the things that the conspiracy theorists were saying about COVID turned out to be true. You go, well, like what? And then they're like. They won't tell you. Like, did health officials get things wrong, especially at the beginning? Well, yeah. Remember when everybody's wiping down surfaces because we thought maybe. You were going to get COVID from surfaces, and then we learned that it was mostly airborne, and then we stopped wiping down all the surfaces like a bunch of lunatics. Is that what they mean? I mean, I don't. Like, what is he talking about?
14: Statements, including my own, that were once labeled by our government as disinformation, such as uh, opinions on the efficacy of masks, naturally acquired immunity, and the origins of COVID-19.
3: So none of those things, the masks were effective. What he wants, he's that's this nirvana fallacy shit about the mask, right? It's like, well, is the mask going to prevent everyone from getting it all the time? Every, all the time, always? Well, no. Um, does even a crude mask make it so if you sneeze, less water droplets go flying into the air and you're less likely to spread the thing? Yes. Like, that's that's it. It's, it's the, the nirvana fallacy, all this shit, all the time. Just like the vaccine. Is the vaccine perfect? No. Is it better than not getting it? Uh, for the vast majority of people, yes
14: now supported by the majority of people and by the evidence but were labeled by the government as misinformation the government worked with social media in fact to censor these opinions this is something that shouldn't happen in a free country and is contrary to the spirit and the law of the first amendment in 2021 dhs even put out a video encouraging children to report their own family members to facebook for
3: disinformation that's pretty based actually being like hey kids is uh is Uncle Bob posting a bunch of shit about QAnon? Here's how to report a post from your Uncle Bob. That's pretty fucking awesome, if actually. They
14: challenge the U.S. government narratives on COVID nineteen. Does that not sound like something out of 1984? Does that not something sound like something out of Stalin's
3: Russia that our government's trying to get our kids to report their parents? Famously, Stalin was like, "Listen, children, you must uh, report uh, people spreading misinformation on social media." Famously. <laughs>
14: I mean, that's crazy. Can you imagine your agency's putting out a video to tell kids to report their parents if they say something like, well, maybe children don't need to be vaccinated. I still say that
3: because it's the truth. Right. But that doesn't mean that you're right. Like he's a doctor, but I think he's like an ophthalmologist or whatever. And he like certified himself with his own ophthalmology fucking certification board or whatever. Like, I don't care if you think that. The risks for the vaccine are greater than the disease for COVID for children. That's not true.
14: For the elderly and those who are targeted of the disease, but that's an opinion based in fact, based on peer review papers. But that's not the government shouldn't get involved with trying to censor and restrict my ability to say these things. In reality, Sir,
3: you are the, the most government. significant source
14: of disinformation during the pandemic with the most influence and greatest impact on the people's lives was the U.S. government. The greatest purveyor of disinformation has been the U.S. government.
3: All of this was occurring during what was likely the greatest. So when he says uh, misinformation, he probably means like the CDC, right? Did the CDC get some stuff wrong? Sure. But that's like different than misinformation and disinformation as like a situation is unfolding. Everybody's going to get it wrong. That's why I like when something bad happens, I'm like, oh, let's wait. Like if something real bad happened today, I might've mentioned it at the top of the show, but then we wouldn't really spend much time on it. We'd have to wait till next week. Because uh, all the information coming out today would have been bad. We're not all of it, but enough of it would have been bad that it would have been like a waste of our time to get and get involved in like the speculation game and cover other people's speculations about what was going on. That's all that happened when the, when we first realized that COVID was going to be a real problem. The CDC gave some good advice, some bad advice, and most of the bad advice they updated with better advice. Like this is just, this is just how this works. When something's new, we don't know that much about it
14: national security threat to our nation in modern history, a global pandemic that killed millions of Americans. During this time, the Department of Homeland Security, working to determine the origins of COVID-19 pandemic and whether taxpayer funding went to conduct risky research in China, was this going on? To our knowledge, we know
3: of no delving
14: into this by the DHS
3: where did the virus come from if it came because the why would maybe the dhs was like well this is stupid this is these are these are just there's no evidence for these claims so we're not going to look into them i'm not a big fan of the fucking dhs isn't
14: that somehow under the purview of the dhs to be looking at where the virus might have come from
3: at least well uh, that's like no i mean that's the purview of like infectious disease specialists sir Uh, Several of the intelligence agencies now conclude it
14: did come from there. Dozens and dozens of the most esteemed scientists in our country
3: now conclude that it came from a lab. Dozens and dozens of the most esteemed scientists in our country. But he's talking about fucking Brett Weinstein and shit. Like he's not talking about like dozens and dozens of people are going to go against the scientific consensus in any field. That's fine. Um, that always happens. That's why we don't just have, we don't just take, we're not like, oh, uh, 12 scientists said this. It's like, all right. Yeah, it's I a cookers do dozen as uh, uh, someone in chat you said, into that? you know, what's going on. Are you really trying to protect
14: us from biological threats? if we're not being told that you've looked into the origins of COVID virus at all. Instead of focusing on real threats like this, DHS was internally strategizing on how it can expand social media censorship of America's using third-party nonprofits, as in the words of a CISA official who said, a clearinghouse for information to avoid the appearance of government propaganda. So here's our government using NGOs and using them as a clearinghouse, but let's make sure nobody sees that it's us, so it doesn't look overtly like government program.
3: Uh, pro- yeah, that we nobody nobody the government never puts their thumb on the scale for anything. Get the fuck out of here! No, like that's
14: come coming on. from your own agencies. A report published last month by the Brennan Center for Justice found at least 12 overlapping DHS programs for tracking what Americans are saying online. It found that the department's programs have veered from its uh, original counterterrorism mission into tracking social and political movements and monitoring First Amendment protected activity of American citizens. This is a serious
3: abuse. He's like, they're only supposed to do that to the fucking hippies and the environmentalists. What the fuck?
14: power. The report concluded that overbroad mandates, flimsy safeguards, and fragmented oversight have allowed overreach and abuses to proliferate across DHS intelligence programs. This is the kind of abuse of power that should terrify all of us, regardless of which side of the aisle you are on. Even worse, it is taking place while the department is failing miserably at one of its core responsibilities, securing our border.
3: Congress that's not dhs's job
14: continue to provide more funding responsibility we have
3: like two whole ass other organizations that are supposed to secure the border
14: clearly misunderstands its statutory authorities and purpose
15: thank you uh member paul
3: oh he's the ranking member of go fuck yourself i i just made that up we got glenn beck who is still around somehow has his uh, finger on the pulse over there at Twitter. Act like you know. Did you see, I love Elon Musk. Uh, He is... Yo, I bet we could find examples of Glenn Beck like five or ten years ago bad-mouthing Elon Musk because he was making electric cars or his company was making electric cars. I guarantee you we could find that.
15: Oh, flagging, you know, NPR and PBS as Mm government-funded agencies... He's now done it to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Radio New Zealand, Australia Broadcasting Corporation, um, tagging them all with government-funded media. Now, he also said government-funded media on on the BBC, but he has rebranded that as publicly-funded media. So now everybody's like, oh, I want publicly-funded. Yeah, publicly I mean, funded sounds way better. Way better. But isn't it amazing how much they're screaming about this? Yeah, did
13: you
16: see too that he Elon Musk was I guess the C B C the Canadian broadcasting company came back and said, Yeah, we're only seventy percent, we're less than seventy percent uh government funded. So he changed it to sixty nine percent government funded. Oh my god.
3: Oh, because he's like a fucking twelve year old boy. Like I'm sorry, a racist twelve year old boy.
16: That is so funny. <laughs> I, I don't this just seems like he's just he just paid $44 billion to screw around. Oh, I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, I mean I it, it is great.
8: entertaining.
3: Um, I mean, whatever. He's like a child. It is. I mean, it is kind of like it's funny, but not for the reason they think it's funny. I think it's funny that this guy like this guy has all the money in the world. And the only thing he ever wanted was for like real actual famous people like celebrities and people in media to like him. And uh, for a while, they were inclined to, because he was doing electric cars, right? And they're like, oh, this is pretty good, you know. Um, We don't know that much about the guy, but we think this electric car thing's a good idea. And then they met him. He started going to, like, Hollywood parties and parties in Manhattan. And he was, like, trying to tell jokes and shit. And nobody thought he was funny. Probably said some racist shit. And then, fucking, they didn't like him. And he got hell mad, because, like, no celebrity wants to be around him. His fucking fucking wife left him, because he's a giant asshole. (laughs) And so he wanted to, like, get back at the world. And he bought Twitter. And now, unfortunately his fans are just getting made fun of like, just in like an awesome way. Like his, his stands on Twitter just get piled on and like real celebrities, people with like real social cachet, are like just talking so much shit about Elon. It's like, it's amazing. I'm not like some celebrity Stan. Like I don't like uh, like William Shatner went after him. I don't like William Shatner, William Shatner an asshole, but, uh, Like all these people have like gone after him, like Stephen King's going after him. And all he wanted was celebrities to like him and they don't. And now they really don't like him. And he's just like trying to get back at them. And it's so funny, so funny because they don't give a fuck about this. Like if you're like, we'll use William Shatner as an example. He's had a long career. He's, you know, maybe not long for this world. He's getting older. He, He is old. And so why the fuck does he care if the guy who runs Twitter doesn't like him, you know? So Stephen King's getting older too. Well, maybe not so long for the world. Stephen King a uh, demonstrably better person I think than uh, William Shatner. So like why do these people why would these people care? Why would they think why would Elon think he could somehow get back at these people for not liking him? He can't. Their like their cachet is through like art and music. Most of the people that he doesn't like and as long as they keep doing, uh, and you know, film, and as long as they keep doing art, music, and film that people like, it doesn't matter what the fuck Elon says about them. None of them will ever be as rich as Elon because you know, art, film, and music are uh, work. And so those, even if they're rich, those are working people, and so you can't you can't make two hundred billion dollars by working. Get the fuck out of here. So anyway, here's old Tucker Carlson thinks that apartheid Clyde is going to make an AI to save Tucker from the woke AI. As of tonight, open AI is no longer open. It's not a
4: nonprofit research project dedicated to using artificial intelligence to serve humanity. It is instead a commercial enterprise backed by Microsoft and controlled to some extent by the Democratic Party. Wait, what? No. Elon Musk thinks that's a
3: problem. In fact, he believes it's a threat to human civilization, tantamount to maybe even more terrifying than thermonuclear weapons. Right. So next we're going to get the cat turd AI. we're gonna have an ai that just responds to you like a fucking shut-in loner who fucking nobody goes and visits and all they have is twitter that's what we're getting we're eating cat turd ai from fucking apartheid clyde don't worry though uh charlie kirk is on board with uh with the cat turd ai too because of course he is
13: (laughs) that we don't almost do anything effectively right now because our elites are are awful They could use the anxiety about AI to actually create an even bigger government that would restrict our liberties and freedoms. And then we'd be even less free. I mean, is the option is the best option then to do nothing and create our own and just game out all the doom scenarios, similar to kind of how we used to live when we used to think Russia was going to launch nuclear weapons at us. I mean, is that is that now the prudent approach is like, let's go create our own patriotic AI based.
3: Oh, no. Patriot AI. People gonna get so scammed, yo. People are gonna get so scammed. They're gonna be like Patriot AI, fifty bucks a month. <laughs> and it's gonna be like it's gonna be like one of those dumb programs you'd ask questions to in like the nineties, and it would answer you
13: AI, if you will, in the AI arms race, and do no regulation because at least we'd have a fighting shot. I'm just trying to think rationally here.
8: And I think it's definitely a rational argument, and I, I wish that I could make some sort of really coherent argument against it. The only argument I have against it is that it's much more of a philosophical argument that as these technologies progress, human freedom and human dignity, uh, and certainly privacy will tend to recede. And so these systems, as this AI arms race is ramping up, these systems are getting better and better.
3: <laughs> Yo, I don't even know what they're mad at the AI for the ai does actually uh, the, the version of chat gpt that like the public is allowed to take a look at is uh just avoids controversy at all costs like it just says i'm not going to comment on that that's really controversial or you know i don't have political opinions people have tried to get it to comment on you know some of the more controversial issues of our day and it's really hard to get it to do it so i don't know what they want i guess they want the ai that'll be like there's only two genders. I identify as an attack helicopter. Ah, ha, ha 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 And then it explodes. So Laura Ingram is going to talk about the world that is coming for us. And I, you know, I don't, I don't, her prediction eh, ain't so bad.
0: Yes, the Democrats are determined to keep young people weak, poor, frightened, and alone. They don't want you to get married. They don't want you to go out to work. They don't want you to have kids. They want you at home, smoking pot, playing video games, and spending the rest of your life as a 12-year-old.
3: Like Elon Musk?
0: We all know stories of young people who don't want to grow up. But I really don't believe that most young Americans want to spend the rest of their lives feeling sorry for themselves. They want to grow up. They want responsibility. And they want better lives for themselves, and someday, yes, for their children. So here at The Angle, our motto is no American left behind. And that includes young Americans. We have to help them overcome that despair that the Democrats are selling.
3: All right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, I be- if I'm buying her this no American left behind shit because her content has uh, very much suggested to me over the years. that there are people, I said, it depends on who you think is an American or even more, even more like at a basic level, at a lower level, who you even think is a person. And so like if you've just decided that certain folks aren't actually people then I guess sure you can be like no american left behind boom well that that's not even a person come on now RFK Jr has announced his uh, run for presidency he's going to run as a democrat and his uh, platform will be uh, anti-vaccine madness here is a video he made announcing his candidacy
17: What we need in the United States is not division What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Every nation has a darker side, and the easiest thing for a politician to do is to appeal to our hatred and our anger and our bigotry and greed and xenophobia and all the alchemies of demagoguery. My father and my uncle had a vision for America, a vision of racial harmony, of prosperity for all Americans, of peace in the world, and of honest government. Their lives were tragically cut short, and America took a different path. Yet the possibility they foresaw is still alive, the America that almost was, and yet may be. I've been fighting corporate corruption my entire life, but I understand that today, the problem is much larger than a few crooked individuals. The problem is a system that no longer serves the people and a people who are so divided and so fearful that they are easily ruled. It's time to unlearn the reflexes of fear and blame and find ways to unify ourselves
3: and turn our gun. You look at the, he's, running some, he's running a bunch of uh, B-roll of him like before he became an anti-vaccine celebrity. This is weird. This is clearly old video.
17: I won't pretend to you that it will be easy, but I know what it will take. My father said it, love, wisdom, and compassion toward one another, and that's where we need to start. We will scale down the war machine and bring our resources home. We will rebuild our water systems, repair our roads, modernize our railroads, and clean up our environment. We will also clean up government and earn back the people's trust. We will end the secrecy, the censorship, and the surveillance. We will again be a... You're f- never going to end the surveillance. Liberty.
13: The cost of freedom is always high, but Americans
17: have always paid it. We will face honestly the darker parts of our history, the genocide, the racism, not to shame or blame or punish, but to repair as best we can in a spirit of compassion and kindness toward all. I'm inviting all of you to join me to create an America that we can believe in and be proud of again. I'm Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and I'm running for president of the United States.
3: Well, that's unfortunate. The first official anti-vaccine candidate is running as a Democrat. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to poll high enough to meet the Democratic Party's um, requirements uh, for him to get into a debate. and. Um, unfortunately if there were a debate it's uh would be joe biden debating him in the primary and uh you know joe's lost a step everybody knows that joe's getting older he's fine he has good people working for him generally makes the right decisions as to executive action generally but uh that would be a very bad debate be not very entertaining to watch um and yes we would go live to cover it you know say what you want about barack obama Barack Obama versus this guy in a debate would be fucking amazing. Just absolutely fucking amazing. Barack Obama would body RFK Jr. because he's got that gift of gab, and he would just just call him out for being an anti-vaxxer. But that's all. If, uh, if this guy starts to pick up steam, all Joe Biden's campaign has to do is run clips of him on Infowars just nonstop. Democrats aren't going to vote for him. In states with open primaries, there may be Republicans that cross over to go vote for RFK Jr. But I don't think he's a challenge to uh, Joe Biden in the primary. Uh, I may be more of a challenge than Marianne Williamson, which I think is probably just the result of sexism, honestly. Um, I think it would, you know, just sexism, mostly. They called her orb lady. I don't agree with Marianne Williamson, and she certainly had some problematic things she's done in the past. But I do uh, stand her for uh, absolutely fucking making a mockery of Dave Rubin when she went on his show. If this was an open Democratic primary, like if uh, Joe Biden decided not to run, then there would be, it would be a massacre. This guy would get absolutely destroyed by, you know, I don't know, like Eric Swalwell would run, like, there'd be a bunch of people that would run that would just absolutely obliterate RFK Jr. in the debates. So here he is, here's RFK Jr. on Neil Cavuto, and Neil Cavuto asking the tough questions.
15: Physical risk, as as your father and, and your uncle new um, i don't like to be morbid about these things so i apologize in advance for even asking this do you think of that uh, i
17: don't really i mean i mean i'm clearly aware of that risk but there's things uh, that i'm much more frightened of than you know uh, than death for example um i'm much more frightened of losing my constitutional rights and of america losing its democracy and there was a whole generation of americans in 1776 who put their lives on the line to give us this constitution who put their property on the line and we're watching the constitution being taken away from us and uh we have to be willing to take risks
3: you know um you- so that was the tough question. You think they're going to kill you? The answer is no. Nobody's going to kill RFK Jr. Um, that was a dumb question. It was like a waste of airtime. Uh, but don't worry. There's more from this interview. Here's the. Uh, here's another one. This is the one that uh, Team Cavuto decided they were going to put up. They're like, hey, uh, we're going to put this up because I uh, here's again here's Neil asking the tough questions.
17: Right now, Neil, polls show uh, President Biden losing to Donald Trump, who is the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. I'm in a better position to run against Donald Trump than any of the Democrats because because I can hold him accountable for the worst thing that he did, which was the lockdowns lockdowns were absolutely catastrophic. The lockdowns we now know, the countries that had few that had less lockdowns in the states. you can put them again side by side. And those are the countries, Sweden, for example, was the only country in Europe that didn't do lockdowns. It had the lowest death rate in Europe. We were very, we led the world in lockdowns. So we had the highest death rate from Covid
3: in the world, ok. First of all, we didn't lead the world in lockdowns. He's like, also, like when they talk about Sweden, they leave out a huge thing that's that Sweden, there's a lot of social cohesion. They didn't have to tell people to stay home and mask up and stay away from each other in Sweden. They didn't have to force people to do it. The people, it, once it was suggested by the fucking medical people, that's what fuck, fucking folks in Sweden did. They just did it. They listen to the medical professionals, probably because they have a really good medical system there. And people are like, well, I don't get charged a bunch of money when I go see the doctor. My prescriptions are free. Maybe I should trust these people about a disease. So, yeah, they didn't have to. uh, They didn't have to use the power of the state to get people to follow recommendations the way that he's claiming the U.S. did. But we really didn't do it so much. The only mandates were that uh, some businesses had to shut down. And then there were mandates that, uh, that businesses had to require masks. And that was county by county, state by state. The idea of a lockdown is bullshit. Um, I was able to go out and ride my bike every day during the pandemic. Ain't, ain't no lockdown. It was a stay-at-home suggestion. It's actually really nice. I rode my bike like down the middle of Winchester Boulevard the first day the stay-at-home order was was put up. And I would I would have died doing that like just the day before. It was actually pretty cool. So up next we have the former president... <clears throat> one Mr. Donald Trump he has a a plan to uh, address uh, homelessness and um, not great I don't recommend it you'll you'll hear why in just a moment come on Twitter there we
14: go ban urban camping wherever possible violators of these bans will be arrested but they will be given the option to accept treatment and services if they're willing to be rehabilitated. Many of them don't want that, but we'll give them the option. We will then open up large parcels of inexpensive land, bring in doctors, psychiatrists, social workers, and drug rehab specialists, and create 10 cities where the homeless can be relocated and their problems identified. But we'll open up our cities again, make them livable, and make them beautiful.
3: So, concentration camps. Concentration camps. I feel like it's not super hyperbolic for me to call them concentration camps. <clears throat> We're going to build a tent city that they can't live with doctors. We say doctors. Hmm. This all sounds a little familiar to me. I'm not a fucking historian. It sounds, sounds a little familiar to me. Again, wouldn't want to be hyperbolic here. <laughs> Next uh here's a clip from the nra convention uh, this is from the good liars and we're going to find out why there are uh, so many mass shootings in the uh, usa and you're uh, probably not going to be terribly surprised by the the answer
15: the wokeism in the united states with these people that are going around saying if a kid says they're a dog or a cat in school that's good you think that'll stop mass shootings i think it's a start in a way all that stuff has 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 that happened people said there are dogs and cats in schools oh yeah in illinois well, oh, yeah, what's going on? They put litter boxes out for them in the schools. I, I, I think that that's not true. Actually, those I are not true. You, I think it is true, and I think if you did your reporting, you would find out it's true. i, I honestly, you just look it up. Look, I mean, up. look up furries in Highland Illinois. Okay. And see what you come up with. So look up furries Highland Illinois. Yeah. Okay.
18: The only thing I see here for Highland Illinois is lockdown lifted at Highland Park High School five students in custody. It looks like there were reports of a gun in the school. Yeah, they always are calling in false reports. Oh, here's another one about the cats. A school district has been hit with rumors saying that students who identify as cats are allowed to use litter boxes in the restroom. This is what you were talking about. Uh The superintendent said it got so bad, she had to send letters to students and parents on Monday. The rumor that our schools have litter boxes in the restrooms to accommodate individuals who are self-identifying as animals, this is
15: simply and emphatically not true. According to them. But I'm telling you, I hear from other people that go to the schools and stuff.
3: I hear from other people that go to the schools. I heard from some people that went to the schools. Like I heard from someone. I mean, we all do it, right? We're like, oh, I heard this somewhere. But then when you're pressed on it, you're like, you just go, oh, well, I think I heard it somewhere. I can't prove it right now. You know, that's it's reasonable. We all have to do that. We don't just have like a fucking Rolodex of citations in our head. Like if somebody asks you, like, where'd you hear that from? And you don't know, you just go, oh, I I don't know where I heard from from this, you know, and if it's your friend or whatever, you're like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, I'll look it up tomorrow or whatever. We're out having a beer, but that's the thing about this stuff is it doesn't have to be true and you don't have to know where you heard it. As long as you can repeat it, that's all that matters. So up next, we got a couple things that might, um, count as palate cleansers. If you're listening on the podcast, maybe you want to watch the video. This, this will go up on YouTube. Um. This, uh, somebody tried to steal a package from someone's door and, uh, they got killed. Just watch.
16: You're taking my, my property. Well,
5: you know, there's been a lot of comings and goings of UPS trucks in this neighborhood.
3: What about, what about A them? lot of
19: packages coming so? to this house particular. Well, something's going on in there. Something's so. going on. Oh,
3: maybe he's, maybe he's a streamer and all his, uh, all his people sent him a bunch of stuff for his studio. Like what happened here? Oh, great. Everybody, by the way. Thank you. I'm taking the package. It's my Amazon wish list.
5: I'm taking the package. No, you're not taking my package. Excuse me! Excuse me. Excuse me! Oh my god! You killed me.
3: I did not kill you. you You're fine. Oh my god! You
20: sprayed me with
3: Seventy Thirty that was real, but there's a chance that that was staged. But why did she spray him? You spray somebody with some shit in a spray bottle, they you don't know what's in that spray bottle that somebody's spraying at you. You have every right to defend yourself. Um, might've just been water or whatever, but you have every right to defend yourself. When somebody starts spraying liquid on you, especially somebody who's behaving like that, you have no idea what kind of liquid they're spraying at you. Again, there's eh, maybe one third chance that was, that was fake. Oh, I'm hearing from the chat that it was staged. Well, you know, we all get got sometimes. It's okay to get got as long as you, uh, as long as you have a bunch of people in your chat that are like hey idiot you got got so we got got everybody happens sometimes up next we have um there's a guy in a <clears throat> in a store destroying a bunch of beer probably uh this hubbub about uh bud light but if you look closely at the video you'll notice something Oh shit! Oh, that dude threw a beer can. Out. Oh fuck, man.
2: Oh, that's why he's destroying. He's why destroy the bush
18: light, dude? <laughs> why?
21: Get his ass!
10: Good job. Got quite the crowd.
3: So yeah, uh, I don't know if he was having some kind of breakdown or whatever. But as soon as he started throwing the cans of beers, the cans of beer at people, I like any any sympathy I would have had for him's kind of gone. You, you hurl a can of beer at somebody and it hits them in the head. You do some like serious physical damage to somebody. It's not like you're just hurling beer at them. You're hurling beer and a piece of aluminum at them. Um, This is why you do curbside. (laughs) Although you wouldn't catch that video if you'd done curbside checkout. Um, So there's an amendment. It's amendment a one. It's like a, it's in the, uh, I believe it's in the house or the uh, Senate of Minnesota. And it's going to ban uh, references to the occult necromancy, soothsaying, Satanism and pedophilia. And uh, the, you know, the people who have proposed it are just, you know, talking about, like, totally normal shit and uh, not acting crazy.
15: Sin is real. Sin, sin, S-I-N, is real. Sin is evil. Sin can exist in any institution. And we need to work hard as the Minnesota Senate to protect our young, vulnerable children's minds against these terrible, wicked, evil practices. And unfortunately, because all humans are subjected to potentially being corrupted by sin, we need to examine all institutions to prohibit such funds. There are practices out there that seek to groom and corrupt the minds of young children to engage in sexual perversion. And those wicked people manifest themselves in many different areas of our society. One of those areas that they have manifested themselves is in the areas of the arts, And I want to make sure that taxpayer dollars do not fall into the hands of these wicked, vile people that push sexual perversion, gender confusion, that might come to our capital and in displays of abomination parade themselves around the rotunda. And I do not want pictures plays, theater, sculptures, or any other type of art to be used to channel the occult, to promote the occult or any of its variations, Satanism and the wicked evil practice of grooming young children
3: such as pedophilia. This is wild. This is just straight up fucking blood libel shit. Luckily enough, I do believe that the uh, Minnesota state house, both of them have been uh, flipped in our, in democratic control. So whatever this bullshit is, is going to get voted down. Um, because there's no, it's too uh, like the way he's describing it. It's too broad Too like who decides, um, whether a sculpture is a, a groom, a groomer sculpture. Like, is the statue of David uh, a problem? Because it, it shows David's penis. Um, I think there's a, there are a lot of famous statues that show breasts. Or, or, is that a problem? These are the same people who are like, don't censor, blah, blah, blah. Now they're up in here trying to censor art class. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Up next, though, we have a local meeting. This is in Martin County, Florida, and uh, it's an old military vet knows what's up.
22: I'm a parent to a middle school student here in Martin County, former senior reactor operator at the nuclear power plant up on Hutchinson Island, and commander, United States Navy, retired. You know, Ray, Bar- Ray Bradbury, the author of Fahrenheit 451, had a great quote. You don't have to burn books to destroy your culture. You just have to get people to stop reading them. You know, on September 11, 2001, I was on board USS Theodore Roosevelt when religious fanatics who wouldn't even let women be educated flew planes into the World Trade Center and my Pentagon. I Spent the last decade of my naval career fighting religious fascism abroad. Never thought I'd have to fight it right here in the United States of America. I grew up in rural South Carolina, and books got me out of the trailer parks. My parents trusted those educators and the librarians to let me read what I needed to read. I spent 21 years in the Naval Nuclear Propulsion Program, where Admiral Hyman Rickover said a questioning attitude was the key to success in the nuclear power program. I want my son exposed to different ideas and different viewpoints, so that he can learn to think critically and not be force-fed somebody else's opinion. We've all been exposed to different opinions; it makes us better. Makes us stronger. Adversity has made me stronger. I didn't sacrifice 21 years of my life to stand idly by while religious fanatics and other fanatics try to impose fascism on my country. I urge you to think about what a book band needs and use transparency. I don't need anyone else telling my son what he can and cannot read. I'm very perfectly capable of determining that for myself. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. I urge you to remember the Little Rock Nine. Thank you. Hey,
3: get him, Pops. Get him. Get him. Like that dude's probably a Republican too, right? <laughs> get him. Yeah, he, he's right. I mean, it's a, it's a fucking mess, yo. It's absolutely a fucking mess. And I think, I think, luckily enough, some regular ass people and some older people and. <clears throat> Some like more moderate Republicans, especially Republicans who have maybe teenage kids are just going to be being like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? Why do you think my kids are too stupid to absorb this information and not get brainwashed by it? You know what I'm saying? Even if they don't, you <clears throat> know, they don't agree with what they're calling trans ideology or whatever. I think a lot of parents are going to get pissed. They're going to realize that like, wait, we you've banned, you banned what? <laughs> you know, they're banning books like Probably going to ban Fahrenheit 451, right? Because it's a it's a book that would tell them kids that they should be able to read other books. Can't have that. So here's a the Montana anti-trans uh, bill. The discussion on it's still going. It's not great, but uh, Representative Zephyr is great.
14: Madam Chair, committee members, while the amendment is coming around, it is just one page. It revises three of the definitions in the existing bill. Um, It would make changes to the terms female, the term male, and
17: the term sex, Madam Chair. Is there discussion
21: on the amendment? Representative Zephyr. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, this is the third attempt uh, to define sex in this bill. Um, there was an original definition in the Senate. It was amended in the Senate. It was amended because the original definition wasn't accurate. They amended it, and that, that definition was not accurate. And we've got a third definition here that is inaccurate. It still excludes intersex people it still has problems and it still is doing so in an attempt uh, to write trans people out of code I want to be really clear you could amend this definition a hundred times and you would not find a way to make a binary uh, definition of sex workable you cannot define binary sex in code any more than you could def- you could legislate that the earth is flat this does not work it's a bad amendment it's a bad bill vote it down further discussion nope
3: we don't need any further discussion she right <clears throat> I like how she evoked flat earthers too <laughs> she's been doing like heroes working in that fucking legislative body by the way because uh Odds are stacked against her and she's like trying to convince basically a lot of people that don't think she's a woman and maybe might have some questions on whether or not she's even in the category of people that they should vote against this. And she's like not trying to appeal to them in any sort of like ethical way. Like, oh, this is unethical. You're discriminating against people. She's like just trying to she's trying to be like, listen, this is unworkable as it's written. It's like she's she's pretty smart about it. and um unfortunately, I feel like she's going to end up like her work won't be in vain because a lot of people will see what she's saying. And there may be a lot more community support because of what she's doing. But I feel like the bill that she's talking about is going to pass. So here's an actual problem that happened in a school. Pretty, pretty gruesome story and uh, really didn't have anything to do with queer people. This video came to light. You can see these are 12- and 13-year-olds at
23: Kimbrough Middle School in Mesquite, Texas, whose faces have been blurred because their minors appear to be fighting each other at the encouragement of their substitute teacher. The incident was caught on a cell phone video obtained by NBC Dallas. The mother of the student who filmed this video says she was shocked at what she saw.
0: I was devastated. I was like, I couldn't watch the full video. I had to stop it multiple times because I didn't think it was real. I said, this must be a prank. This, this is not real.
23: According to Martinez, her daughter told her Garcia pushed desks aside to create a space for the students to fight each other, with some leaving the classroom bleeding.
2: I do not want this on record.
23: The school district confirmed the teacher encouraged the fighting and told a student to keep watch at the door while fights took place.
0: Who in their right mind? Because I trust my child to go to school, but I also trust the staff to keep my kids safe. And then this lady, she just, she actually making them fight.
23: Mesquite Independent School District released a statement calling Garcia's actions appalling and intolerable. They write in part, As educators, our hearts are heavy, knowing that an individual entrusted with the supervision and care of our students could behave in this manner. And we share the disgust that the families of students in this class must feel. Mesquite ISD has fired Garcia, who had been an employee of the district for just over a month. It's not clear if Garcia has obtained legal counsel. The Dallas County Public Defender's Office has not responded to a request for comment. Now, Beatrice Martinez, whose daughter filmed the video, says her daughter is getting death threats from fellow students for reporting the incident.
3: Oh, yikes. The kids are like, we like the fight club in the class. Yo, that mom looked like she wanted to have a little fight club with that substitute teacher. (laughs) My God. Like, and this sucks too, because like substitute teacher, it's like hard to get substitute teachers. And like most people who do that work, they don't get paid very well and they do difficult work because they are not familiar with the students. They're not familiar with the lesson plan, et cetera, et cetera. And now you yeah, have this person out there fucking, you don't ever see you no know, news story about how great, you know, Mrs. Pennington, the substitute teacher is or whatever, or Mr. Smith or whoever it is. You don't ever, you don't ever see those videos about that. You see about the fucking fight club substitute teacher. And that's fucking crazy. Like, this person should go to jail. I'm not, we're not big fans of the carceral state around here and shit. We hate the carceral state, but that person should go to jail. Um, <laughs> this next video, it's kind of funny because I don't think that the that my takeaway from this is what the uh, religious nutter had to say about it, but uh, I think this guy, my takeaway is that the, the God thinks everybody white. I think God thinks everybody's in the forward party or a Scientology meeting.
18: Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can so we can worship the living God. It's the only reason why you're able to stand here. I hope you know that. It's the only reason you have breath in your lungs right now. It's the only reason why you're able to scream, I'm white as snow. I'm white as snow. That's how the Lord sees you.
3: Unfortunately, I don't pan on the out uh, on the audience so that we can see. that the audience probably is in fact white as snow
18: you don't have to offer him any sacrifices anymore you're able to stand here and worship him and celebrate that you're white as snow so this is what i want to do this is what i want to do with this in mind i want to go back into that ridge and then i want to see i'm white as snow but i want everybody to celebrate like, like just, let's just celebrate. That is such a good thing. It's such a good thing. <laughs> we don't deserve it, but we're standing here.
3: The Jonas brother that didn't make it is uh, <laughs> has a weird career, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't think that he literally means that Like God thinks everybody's white or that he makes everybody white, but that's my takeaway. <laughs> In the eyes of Jesus, y'all white. But again, I feel like a pan out on the audience might have. Might have been interesting there. Could have been some hero panning out in the audience. Up next, uh, here's a woman who uh, is in an airport. And uh, her first experience with an all-gender restroom. And it's a pretty weird video. Because like, nothing's going on in this video. She's just wowing about it. Just wow, wow, wow. You'll see.
19: Okay, this is my first all-gender bathroom. 31 stars available. Anybody can go anywhere. That's a man. Okay. This is happening. Have you ever been in an all-gender restroom? This This your first one? this This is my first one, especially in the airport. Yeah. I said, wait. Yeah, it's what? What? is different. What about you? All gender, you ever been in all gender? This is my first time, I
21: was kinda thrown off. You was kinda thrown I was off? I am like. I
19: don't know, but you <laughs> was walking fast, you enjoyed it. You... <laughs> it is kinda cool
21: though. It
19: but is? Either side. Is either side, funny. okay, yeah. thank you. Okay, ladies, it's happening. Did y'all know this was all gender? Yeah.
21: yeah. We we're doing makeup in <laughs> an all
19: gender. This is my first time, I'm like. I,
14: hey, I stopped
19: him. Me too! I was, oh, like, like, was like, like. No, I didn't like this, I was I okay. know that's a girl, that's a boy. <laughs> And I'm okay with whatever, but you just threw this on us. It's weird. It's, it's progressive weird. here, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're doing your makeup, and a men know. in there are pissing <laughs> like you. <laughs> and you're cute, though. You're cute, though. I'll tell you that. The ones are the
0: ones yeah,
19: but the doors are sealed completely, so that's a good thing. Since we got all gender.
0: So okay, can nobody
19: creep in and see that through them doors. The man went in that one. That's the thing. Oh, you said obviously a man went that one oh they're going man y'all okay hey sir in
3: the all gender bathroom <laughs> she just wowed about it like i've been in bathrooms like that uh nice restaurants in san francisco uh started having those kinds of bathrooms like pre-pandemic where you, everybody shares the sinks and there's just little rooms you go into that are that have stalls that's fine it's uh probably a better system actually because uh people with penises can go to the bathroom more quickly. And so the fucking line moves more quickly. My God. All right. Up next, uh, we have a Shasta County resident in the chat this evening. This will be a, a face that's familiar to you. This is a, uh, someone who we refer to as Sean fucked. And, uh, he's talking about Christian nationalism here because, you know, that's just what these people talk about. Now they're like fucking out and proud, but, you know this is Sean fucked
18: it's all part of the king coming back that's what we're practicing for that's why the, that's why hell hates it that we're worshiping at every capital across America that's why we get called well you're Christian nationalists you want you want the kingdom to be the government yes <laughs> you want God to come and overtake the government yes You want Christians to be the only ones? Yes, we do.
3: Well, that's stupid, though. We wouldn't be
18: a disciple of Jesus if we didn't believe that?
3: No, tons of people are Christians and do not believe any of this bullshit. There's plenty of them in my chat here.
18: We want God to be in control of everything? We want believers to be the ones riding the laws. Yes, guilty as charged. I mean, it's funny when I meet Christians where I'm like, I don't really, I'm not really, I'm like, have you read the Great Commission?
3: Like, this is actually what- Render unto Caesar that is the Caesars. Guilty. Yo, fucking, fucking the man himself said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. He said fucking, he, I think even Jesus Christ was to some extent for separation of church and state. I think that's that motherfucker who needs to pick up his own Bible. I don't, I'm not a religious person. i pretty clear. Um, but I think that that motherfucker needs to pick up his own Bible because he don't know what's in it. Doesn't have any idea. Speaking of religious people who don't know what's in their own Bible, this is Fire by Night reject Robin Bullock. Um, pretty sure his hair is a wig. Uh, no shade on uh, hair falling out. Mine's falling out, but you know, just cop a hat or whatever. Like you'll be fine. You don't need to. You don't need to put on a wig and pretend. Well that you're in the Fire by Night TV show from the 80s and 90s. Here's Robin Bullock. Uh, he's going to tell the joke. They only have one joke. He's going to tell it.
18: Do you realize that it's, you can identify as a moose? You do know that, right? They couldn't argue with you now. I had a man tell me the other day, he said, I think I'm going to go and identify as a 65-year-old man so I can draw Medicaid. He said, I'm going to fill out. He said, I ought to fill out the, the, the thing, send it in, and when they turn me down, sue them, because I said, I identify with a 65-year-old man. Identify as a 65. You know, they have to give it to you. No, they don't. You can
3: identify as an Apache attack helicopter. Oh, he told
18: to the joke.
8: mate with it.
3: I fucking come on, man! Y'all, y'all need another joke. This one's worn out. It's welcome. Now I'm not even mad at it. I'm not even mad that you're like bigots when you tell this joke. I'm mad that you're just very uncreative. Just like, just like you're, just you can't even come up with anything. I'm, I'm just mad for everyone else who's told a different joke. <laughs> I make up jokes every night. Well, except Monday and Tuesday. We usually don't stream on Monday and Tuesday, but I'm still making up jokes, talking to my friends and stuff. They can't do it. They can't come up with any other jokes. Here's a, uh, we call him DP around here uh, because he has a, his logo is a, a DP on the bottom left, Dennis Prager. He's going to talk about family values and slavery. It's a very distressing thing. What is
1: being done here? The hatred of America and of capitalism is what animates the entire slave narrative.
3: Whoa, that's a pretty bold statement. The hatred of capitalism was what animates this narrative about slavery. Go on. In your kid's college.
1: Yes, Corey, it's glossed over that the U.S. ended slavery for the rest of the world. Well, Britain started it, and then we continued it, and that is correct. Yep. By the way, if you talk about Islamic slavery, which was considerably more barbaric, and believe me, there was barbarity in our slavery,
3: but most slaves could actually have children, for example. Well, yes, but the reason that, they were allowed to have children is because they were making more slaves and on
1: more than a few occasions they were separated from their parents horrible truly horrible
3: yeah that was the horrible thing is that they got separated from their parents not that they were involved in like not that they were on the receiving end of fucking chattel slavery they were, they were rem- they taken away from their parents. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God.
1: But the black slave population increased tremendously because they could have families in so many cases. Whoa. Under Islam, that was not possible. The men were castrated. And they weren't castrated with, a, uh, with an anesthetic, shall we say. The agony is indescribable. And so many of them died just because of the barbarity of being castrated. The left hates America because they have nothing going on in their lives that gives them meaning.
3: <laughs> the inferior. But he gets meaning from fucking being like, well, at least they let the slaves have kids. Kind of nice of them. Motherfucker.
1: Always hate the superior. The left is morally inferior to the United States of America and its founders and the Judeo-Christian system. The inferior morally hate the morally superior. The left has always been morally
3: inferior from Lenin to today. There was the left existed before Lenin, but he should have chose Stalin, honestly. (laughs) And that was a lot. There was a lot going on in there. It was a short clip, and he said a lot. I'm just going to leave that one. We'll let that hang. There's no, not a whole lot we can really say about that. It is what it is. And uh, we are where we are as a society. Um, Dennis Prager is a very wealthy man who got wealthy by spewing hate and lies. Speaking of getting wealthy by spewing hate and lies, here's Candace Owens, and she's going to talk about the gay experience in the 90s. I'm going to have a little something to say about this because I came of age as a gay man in the 90s. So maybe uh, maybe she'll speak to me and it'll, it'll change my heart and it'll change my mind.
5: Yeah, so I'm not an ally to the gay community. I feel like I want to say that publicly.
3: Oh, well, thanks. I was under the mistaken impression that you were. <laughs>
5: I feel like there are so many people that are tripping over themselves to be an ally. It's just like weird American race right now. I love transgenderism. I love you, lesbian, gays. Look at sprinkles. I don't get it, and sprinkles. I want no part in it. And I was thinking about this because I had a discussion with my lesbian cousin. We're actually super close. Love her. Uh, we were both born in 89, and I'm going to tell you something about the 90s.
3: Exactly. You didn't know shit about the 90s because you got out of the 90s at 11.
5: Growing up, gays and lesbians were just normal people. I don't want to tell you guys. They just, I'm thinking back to Ellen DeGeneres, her famous cover, when she came out and said, yes, I'm gay. Take a look at this cover. I want you to actually take a look at this, of what she's wearing here. It's uh-huh. what I would wear today. She's just wearing what looks like to be a black sweater, some slacks. She's got some wonderful pair of shoes on. And that's it. Yep. I'm gay. And if you watched her show thereafter, gay wasn't her entire existence and identity. She wasn't throwing sprinkles and confetti and rainbows and acting like a toddler. I got really is they really like anything that a toddler would like nor was Wait, she what being
3: perverse. she wasn't. Why well, is she talking about like the adult baby fetish? Because I think most of the people that have the adult baby fetish are, uh, would not identify as queer. Uh, strapping a dildo on herself and uh, well we don't know what kind of sex she'd be having
5: uh, demanding that you watch her tongue kiss her wife portia for an entire month no she just happened to be gay same can be said said for Melissa Etheridge. I mean, really, when I think of the '90s, I think of a time I mean,
3: Melissa Etheridge where turf. Now,
5: people happened to be gay or lesbian, and it wasn't an entire annoying existence that people had an entire personality trait that they had that they had to throw into your
3: face constantly. And I was- so, some of this, <clears throat> some of this is that people were uh, like in the black community. They talk about code switching, and I think like a lot of gay people do it too, even now. There were situations I know in the nineties where I knew I could just kind of be out like at a rave or a gay club or even just a dance club. It didn't really matter. And there were places where maybe I'd code switch a little bit. I'd be, you know, at a a dinner party for like my friend's parents and I don't really know them. I just happen to get invited or whatever. And we code switch a little bit. You, you know, you're not like hiding who you are. And if somebody asks, you might say yes, but you're not acting like you are at the club or the rave. And we, everybody, gay, straight, black, white, we all do this. it's called uh, going along to get along and um, a lot more people had to go along to get along. And by that we mean code switching and acting what we believed was straight. We, we, we had to do it and that's what she's talking about. And as time goes on and more people are accepted, more queer people are being accepted in their communities. People have to do less of that. And I think that's what she's talking about. And um, I think it's better that we have to do less code switching. Up next. Tiny dancer, Ben Shapiro, going to talk about dresses, pants, and who should be allowed to wear dresses or pants in public. Not a great website, oh, there it goes. Great website you got over there, Twitter.
24: Should wearing dresses and skirts be illegal for men in public? If so, should wearing pants for women be illegal in public? Well. Pants not so much because there is a female version of pants that is nearly indistinguishable in many cases from from male pants.
3: (laughs) Oh, oh, we're going to start this one over. This is fucking stupid.
24: Come on, Ben. Should wearing dresses and skirts be illegal for men in public? If so, should wearing pants for women be illegal in public? Well... Pants, not so much because there is a female version of pants that is nearly indistinguishable in many cases from, from male pants. Um, but men wearing traditional female clothing in public, I think that there's a case that local zone that, that local communities should be able to stop that. Sure. I mean, we have local laws about being naked or, or indecent exposure, or at least we used to.
3: I don't even like the uh, laws against being naked in public. Mm-hmm. You all right, Ben? Did Ben Shapiro break? Look, the timer keeps going. What is he doing?
24: Have I seen Kyle Dunnigan's Fresh Press of DC, where your featured as Biden's butler, known as Benniford the Butler? I've not seen this actually, uh, and now I'm going to have to check it out. That sounds funny. <laughs>
3: Oh, what the fuck? Yo, you know, there's a problem too, because like, what's the difference between a skirt and a kilt? Uh, a kilt has been traditionally associated with masculinity in, uh, for Irish people. Um, and I may be like uh, fucking, I may not, I don't know that much about like Irish culture or whatever, and I may be butchering it in some way, but like, are we just going to outlaw kilts too? And what's the difference between a kilt and a skirt? They look awful close to the same, and a kilts for a man and a skirt's for a woman. So, like, what what the fuck's the difference? Like, who decides if it's a, a skirt or a kilt? If you have a green beer, is it a kilt now? Maybe you couldn't find a traditional kilt, so you just had to get, like, a skirt because you wanted to wear a kilt. Like, who fucking knows, man? You got to substitute goods sometimes. This What he's talking about is, like, it, <clears throat> it's impossible in practice, and it would just be used to, like, fuck with people. It wouldn't be, like... It wouldn't, there's no way to like enforce that anything like that in such a way that you don't just end up fucking with people. Right. Like, like uh Patty Kay from the Ruffies will rock what some people might call a skirt. I think it's just tablecloth that he uses safety pin on. Is that, would that be illegal? Cause it's not a skirt. I think it's a tablecloth. I, th- I literally think he used a tablecloth. Like this is just impossible to fucking enforce. One more tiny dancer, Ben. we He's already mad at the fourth Frozen movie that hasn't come out. Nobody even knows what's going to be. Nobody even knows what's in it yet.
24: Disney has been on the retreat socially since people decided they don't wish to invest in their product. We'll see if Disney continues to double down. And the great suspicion is that in Frozen 4, they'll make Elsa a lesbian. If they, By the way, if they do that, it is the end of Disney as, as a company. Predict it. You can write it down. It is April 17th. If they do that in Frozen 4, it'll destroy Disney. Like, oh, shit. Did
3: Frozen 4 come out?
24: Destroy it. Is
3: Elsa a lesbian? I hope Elsa's is a lesbian. I'm not a big fan. First of all, I don't think Elsa—they made Elsa a lesbian. But who the fuck cares if they make Elsa a lesbian? It's a fucking cartoon character. I don't give a shit if a cartoon character is a lesbian. I don't even watch Frozen. I'm not the target audience for Frozen, and neither is Ben. The target audience for Frozen is children, mostly little girls. So if the little girls like it, then Disney makes money on it. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what these people. Why there's. So, why would you. Why Why was he even mad about a movie that didn't even come out yet? for the Marvel crossover. People in chat are funny. That's why I keep, that's why I have a chat. They're funnier than I am. If you're on the pod and you're still listening to this, um, check out the, check out the live shows at twitch.tv slash um, We got Matt Walsh here. Uh, he wants to uh, raise your taxes.
13: But of course, much of the violence we see in places like Chicago is not racial. You know, the business owners being chased out of these cities are often not white The victims of violence in these cities are most often not white. So this is a far-reaching problem that would still exist, even if white people hadn't been selected as the assigned villain group in modern America. situation would be a little bit better in these cities, most likely, if that hadn't happened. But uh, but that alone would not solve the problem. Uh, If you want to solve the problem, there are two basic solutions. Um, And no solution that excludes these two points can ever hope to solve anything. Number one, you have to round up the criminals and throw them in prison. And I know this is not exactly a mind-blowing insight, or at least it shouldn't be. But the only way to restore order is to impose severe penalties on those causing the disorder. That's, That's the only way through it. If there isn't enough room in the prisons then build new ones, okay? Build 50 new prisons if you have to. And if you don't have the money for it, then raise the taxes in these cities. They're raising taxes all the time anyway. Democrats love raising taxes, so raise them again. So that the community can pay for prisons to put all their violent scumbags into. You cannot have a civilized society if you don't have a reliable means of segregating those people who are enemies of civilized society. And violent criminals are enemies of civilized society. And you especially cannot have a civilized society without justice. This is the, the higher calling of what we call the criminal justice system. You notice we don't call it the criminal segregation system or the criminal rehabilitation system. We don't call it that traditionally because its primary purpose is supposed to be justice, which involves the punishment of wrongdoing. We must balance out the scales by imposing penalties on criminals that are commensurate with the severity of the
3: crimes they have committed. Again, not a mind blowing concept or it shouldn't be. uh, One glaring issue with what he said there, he's like, oh, you know, the people in the cities, they're all the victims of these crimes. So what we should do is raise their taxes specifically. So he, at the beginning, he was like, oh, woe is the good people of the city. And then by the end, he was like, well, we should just raise taxes in the cities because the Democrats love raising taxes. So they should raise the taxes on the people who aren't committing the crimes, who I just said that I feel sorry for or whatever. Like, I don't think taxation is punishment, but in in the worldview of the people that are watching him, taxation is generally viewed as a punishment or punitive. And so he, like, based on his own worldview, he wants to punish the people who live in the cities who aren't committing the crimes by taxing them to build more fucking prisons. It just seems, like, much of what these people say, it seems to not make a whole lot of sense, if you could imagine that. Now we're going to find out how much uh, Matt Walsh claims he was making every month on YouTube.
13: Media Matters took the time to review dozens of videos from from back 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, publishing their findings under a headline promising to reveal my sordid past. Now, these institutional efforts to silence me and, and us have continued all the way up to this week. So, in fact, less than a day before I was hacked, we received word from YouTube that I had committed a series of alleged violations of their terms of service, and also of their ad partnership guidelines, which will now lead to my demonetization and potentially being banished forever from the platform. Now, YouTube's ploy, what we have to understand about big tech, their ploy is to be intentionally vague about their guidelines. They won't tell you. They'll tell you you violated something, but they won't tell you exactly what it was or how that thing violates the guideline because they want to afford themselves the latitude to demonetize and deplatform you whenever they feel like it. And that's really what's going on here, of course. They just selected me and they said, well, it's your turn and we're going to look for a reason. In fact, um, they did tell us, though, they cited three. There were a number of violations, they claimed. They'd only tell us about three of them. All three of them, coincidentally, had to do with Dylan Mulvaney. Now, I don't know, just coincidentally, YouTube decided you're not allowed to say anything about Dylan Mulvaney. YouTube has decided that I'm not allowed to use biologically accurate language when discussing Dylan or presumably any other trans identified person, and for what it's worth, it 's worth it does it does not for what 's worth it it doesn 't seem that other channels are being held to this standard right now, so we were told by sources at YouTube that a decision to target our channel had come from um, the highest levels of the company, and they 're looking for something a reason to take us out now of course, there is a way out of this jam you know the, the big tech they 're very generous and they'll give you a potential off ramp. So if I simply respect the preferred pronouns and I stop accurately gendering people, then I can likely continue to do my show on the platform. I can get it re-monetized after you know a short probationary period. And I can continue making over hundred thousand dollars a month on YouTube ads.
3: He was making a hundred grand a month. His channel was making hundred grand a month on YouTube ads. <clears throat> So, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket for uh, for YouTube. But if they start enforcing this, that means they're going to lose ad revenue. It's not in their interest, actually, to demonetize a bunch of popular channels. So, my guess is that the advertisers started leaning on YouTube. Like Media Matters might have published something about it or whatever. Maybe the advertisers saw it, but maybe the advertisers, YouTube's real customers, are the ones who started leaning on YouTube to be like, hey, I don't want my ads in front of this shit and I will pull my ad campaign. And if it's just me running an ad about my show, they don't care. But what if it's, what if it's some big firm on Madison Avenue? What if they have clients like Levi Strauss, Jeep, Ford motor company, whole foods, even if their clients are like Amazon, then maybe YouTube listens because that's YouTube's boss. That's where the money comes from. A lot of big advertising firms. And so, sorry, Matt, you may think you're popular and important, but uh, I think maybe one ad firm on Madison Avenue could get your channel pulled if they're like, oh, you have to pull this channel or we're just going to pull all of our advertising. Sorry, we can take our fucking, you know, $50 million advertising budget elsewhere. Run magazine ads. <laughs> like, So, yeah, he just doesn't understand the power structure and who's in charge here. When the when the um <clears throat> when the platform is, you know, supported by ads in the end. The ad, the big ad company, is the one that make the call, and I think that's probably what happened here. So, here's um Matt Taibbi on the Jimmy Dore show. Uh, but it's the B team on the Jimmy Dore show. It's this uh oh I forget this guy's name. I think he blocked me. That's why you'll recognize him. I recognize him too. He's one of these one of these um like larouche type uh, leftists. Caleb Malpin. Here's Matt Taibbi talking to Caleb Malpin about Elon Musk.
11: I know that recently it's been reported, and you've talked about this, that you and Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter, had a uh, rift. He became convinced for some odd reason that Substack, which you write for, is a threat to Twitter. And uh, that led to uh, basically a dispute between you. As I understand, he wanted you to leave Substack to join Twitter, and you refused to do. And by the way, the people who accuse you of doing Elon Musk bidding have been conspicuously silent on that. That you refused Elon Musk's demands
3: there, but no. Elon Musk used Matt Taibbi for what he was useful for, and then kicked him to the fucking curb because that's how Elon Musk do. What does this mean for the Twitter? Matt Taibbi's an idiot if he didn't uh, think think that was going to happen.
11: Any uh, sense of what's coming next?
20: Well, we still have a lot of stuff. I mean, we haven't. We have a you know, I wouldn't say a lifetime, but we've got a lot of material. So we're going to report all that out as much as we can. Um, I'm sad about it. Uh, yeah, I had, I like Elon. I, I think he did a, a really, Elon, please be my friend again thing. Um, I think there's a misunderstanding here, uh, it, and it's unfortunate. I hope he, he continues it with other reporters. Um, you'd be a great choice, you know, if he, if he, if he decided to go that way. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, and, uh, you know, he's he's indicated that he doesn't really want, um, the, he thinks that all good things will really have to come to an end, uh, he's made these sort of elliptical comments about it. It's too bad. Uh, just one last thing about that, you know, th- this whole business about me maybe going to Twitter or using the, 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 the new subscription service that they have and, um, you know, I was, I was trying to protect Elon actually in that situation. Like
3: the whole time you were doing his bidding, yeah. Like,
20: uh, my understanding of the whole thing and i was trying to communicate this to him is that the twitter files wouldn't be taken seriously if if people saw that there was any kind of financial even theoretical financial relationship between the two of us um and this had to be public um you know that, that, that there was no that there was no kind of connection uh, and he would he would be getting lots of negative PR if if I had done that movie he would never hear the end of it, uh, but he didn't see it that way which is unfortunate. So, um, but you know it was a good thing while it lasted and I think we learned a lot of
3: good good stuff. Except that your reporting was flawed and you took fucking you you took Elon Musk like he's, he's like here have some information and you're like great not going to fact check any of this just going to run with it. Um, I'd be willing to bet Taibbi is uh, also contractually obligated to substack in some way because he was one of the uh, journalists that they gave a bunch of seed money to. So I bet he can't leave, um, which he should have just said. But uh, th- then he would, you know, he would have to admit that that's what's going on. So here's a person that came to our attention maybe a month, a month and a half ago. And uh, I had to bleep this out. This is Anna Perez. Love it. Just love it when I hear something on a clip I'm going to use that I have to bleep out. Anna Perez is one of the few people that I have to listen to the clip before I run it because, um, well, here, (laughs) maybe I'll, I'll do a demonstration.
10: there's nothing worse than like conservatives that are fake conservatives and you know they're fake conservatives but a good test for me is i start using words that like are like push that really push the envelope like you know i'll I'll say things i'll throw the word around you know things of that nature and see how they react if it's a rhino you're dealing with they'll they'll usually like wince almost if it's a not rhino he or she will laugh and be like and, you know, it'll add to the humor, you know, it'll add to the entertainment quality of the joke. That's a good test right there.
3: Yeah, I love it. I love it when that's that the the that's the punchline. That's the punchline, everybody. That person's, a, that's not a punchline. Like a joke is supposed to be funny. It isn't supposed to just be like, oh, that person's different than us. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to use a slur about them. That's like really bad comedy. Like incredibly bad comedy. There is, it is such bad comedy that andrew clay made a career out of ta- out of like making fun of the kind of person who would do that kind of comedy and then people were so stupid they didn't know what andrew clay was doing and then one time eventually he broke character on a show and was like no 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 he's like i'm doing a bit this is a guy on the jersey shore that everybody hates like it's it's such it's such stupid comedy to just like make a slur or implications of a slur or whatever be the punchline of your joke because what you're doing isn't really telling a joke anymore. You're just abusing people and bullying them from a stage. And, uh, you know, comedians are free to do that, but it, you know, doesn't mean I got to laugh. <laughs> so, and it's interesting that, like, she's mad at, like, regular, like, there because there are, like, conservatives who aren't openly bigoted, right? Um, and she's mad at them. They're like, all right, that, that's a bit, okay, Oh, whoa, whoa, let's not do that. Let's... Even if they're just trying to save face or do it for decorum's sake, whatever it is, it like fucking brings down the temperature of the conversation a little bit. And she's mad as fuck about that. I wonder if she ever drops the N-word or if it's just gay people she goes after. Who knows? We got two more. <clears throat> We're not going to quite do two hours, I don't think, on the pod this week. But uh, we got two more real good ones. We're going to first check in on uh, Friends of the Intellectual Dollar Tree, uh, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying.
21: Since omicron, have you seen any new covid variants? Why? Either way.
16: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh yeah, I the cynical part of me thinks well, the omicron rollout didn't go as planned and so
3: they're on to other things. But the omicron rollout? There have been other variants. We're just not naming them in the same way. Now we're using the uh like the we're using like a different naming scheme.
21: In the newly eu8 or whatever the the like the new shots are half omicron half original and like why they're including any original is its own version of stupidity but omicron from that was into 2021 was it like beginning of 2022 like whoa, come on Um, what is happening
16: i mean the basics i would argue is that the variants were actually driven by the vaccine campaign but that's
3: there's no evidence for that
21: So you might well expect that the evolution was happening faster during active um, sudden onset of mass vaccination. Not
16: only active, but to the, if they had, if their freaking pseudo vaccine worked, then they should have updated it with each, um, with each variant. They didn't. And. It is possible that the reason they didn't was because they did not want to generate a detectable pattern where they were causing the variance. And that could wait, be what?
3: No, mm-hmm. wait, no, there's a bivalent fucking what the fuck's in it. It's like the bivalent booster that, that everybody got. It would be the fourth shot that most people got. <clears throat> and it was different than the first shot. And the second shot was different than the third shot.
16: So there's always been a question about what Omicron is and where it came from and. Uh, I suppose there's also a question about what the relationship is between what's in their new bivalent uh, whiz-bang injecto stuff Mm -hmm. um, and Omicron. But the question is, look, there's all this proprietary stuff we're not allowed to know, and there's an obvious evolutionary question about the relationship between the proprietary stuff and- Trust us.
3: (laughs) Right. Oh boy, am I glad that I don't watch hours and hours and hours of their show on stream anymore. At the height During the height of the pandemic, we were watching, I don't know, 10 hours of them a week, easy. So <clears throat> I'm not super good on this stuff, but I do know there's new variants coming out. They're just not using the same naming scheme. Somebody in the chat mentioned that the WHO explained that. They're using like like how like flu instead of they would call it like a a bird flu or whatever. They would call it like H1N1. That's the new naming scheme. They're just using like the letters and numbers, the alphanumeric uh, pattern or whatever. And that's the new way that they're identifying different strains of the virus. So it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. And people might not know it as well, but also not for nothing, even though like there's a lot of anti-vaxxers in the United States, most people got vaccinated. And so the new variants aren't going to spread as quickly, even if the old vaccines aren't perfect protection from the new variants. They're certainly better than nothing. And uh, I think these people are just wrong and they're never going to change their mind, even if they know they're wrong, because they made so much goddamn money during the pandemic spreading this misinformation. Misinformation is a cash fucking cow. Because a lot of people, especially when, there's like a chaotic or um, like terrifying event. They want somebody who knows the answer to give them the answer. They don't, they don't want somebody like me. Who's like, I don't know. We're going to have to kind of trust the experts and like update our, update our own opinions as the experts update theirs. That's not really very comforting, but Oh, Brett and Heather know everything because they're biologists and they have the answer now and it's all a fucking conspiracy. Well, that's more comforting at least to people who, think that they're entitled to the answer the 100 answer we don't get a whole 100 we don't get a 100 answer about a whole mess of stuff in our society we accept it most of the time but i guess with the fucking virus we don't but again most people got vaccinated so that's good most people got at least the two the boosters were a little harder sell but also i don't think the push for the boosters was as strong now one more clip we got a we got a new bell curve just dropped everybody. This is, um, I don't even know who the fuck these people are. I don't care. I don't care who these people are. It's just some fucking race and IQ
9: bullshit. Actually, that undermines the idea of racial differences, because I have ancestors going back thousands and thousands of generations who come from East Africa, West Mm -hmm. Asia, and then go into Europe. And actually, that, to me, underscores a fundamental similarity with people who don't necessarily today look like me, white, brown or black. So I would say actually the complete opposite conclusion can Mm. be born out of that. I mean, I'm not turning this into a conversation around racial differences, because as I argue in the book, in the final chapter, if you want to look at disparities between different groups in the UK today, You cannot simply look at those through the prism of racism. There are a whole host of other factors. Also, there's multiple social factors. Which is why, which is exactly what I was saying in that interview, which is if you look at an area like health, It is going to be unsustainable, as we discussed during the COVID pandemic, as we discuss often in terms of how people are treated in the NHS and so on, to look at all of these different outcomes and say, well, that's because of your fixed group identity. It's going to become unsustainable. You don't think that educational attainment is going to be contingent on genetics then? You don't think that? I'm not, I've not mentioned education. I've not mentioned education at all. You don't think that? I've not mentioned education at all.
3: (laughs) He's like, listen, the guy's like, you don't think that. He's like, I haven't mentioned it guy's like, you don't think that. Fucking good interviewer.
9: <laughs> you said they don't, you don't think no, that. No, because you're trying to turn this into a conversation no, about educational you. attainment That's and That's how people read it, so I'm asking. Well, if they read it, then they weren't listening to what I was saying, because I never mentioned education at all. What I was mentioning was health. This conversation around-
3: <laughs> Motherfucker refused to answer the question. He couldn't just say, no, I don't believe that. No, I don't think that educational attainment is is purely or mostly genetic. He couldn't just say that the interviewer gave him the out, and he wouldn't do it. You know why? This dude's a bell curve ass motherfucker. This is one of we This is one of the ones coming up for the intellectual Dollar Tree. I, I forget this guy's name. He was on trigonometry, and he said a whole bunch of racist ass shit on trigonometry. as you do. From what I understand, people people are saying I haven't watched it yet because if we do something, if we run pieces of content for the intellectual Dollar Tree, I don't watch it beforehand. Um, so new bell curve just dropped. Can't wait to watch that. It's going to be terrible, but just answer the question, motherfucker. Like, especially when the interviewer gives you the out, just answer the question, take the out, even if you don't believe it, because otherwise people are going to think you're a racist, you know, for whatever fucking reason, my God. Or just say, yes, I do think it's genetic, but I don't think it maps onto race so much or I don't think it maps onto race at all but I think that a a large portion of your academic achievement does have to do with your genes. I don't know. Fucking say something. Don't just be like, well, I didn't talk about that. I didn't say that. He's like, I'm asking, I'm asking, or just be like, I'm not answering your question. And then you go, okay, well, I'm going to end your, this interview. If you're not going to answer my question, that dude's a, no, I don't use that word. Dude's a coward. Dude is a coward. Just answer the fucking question, motherfucker. And with that, we're going to end the podcast on a high note. Of course. Thanks everybody Everybody for hanging out in the chat this week, uh, week after week now. This is uh, it's during the podcast part of the show. This is the most uh, popular podca- podcast recording on the channel. Used to be the Intellectual Dollar Tree, but I think people are fucking infuriated by that shit at this point. So I'm glad everybody's tuning in for the Sunday show. Um, make sure you check out all of our other shows. If you're listening on the pod, we also have Down Ballot. Uh, Local Love is back, though it's in a different format. We don't do that live anymore. We got the Intellectual Dollar Tree do I have another podcast? I don't think so. Do I have... Anyway, whatever. Uh, you can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Media. We're live Wednesday through Sunday. Shows start between 7 and 9 p.m. Pacific. And you can support us patreon.com Echoplex. Or if you want to support us in a very similar way to Patreon, but I think is much cooler, you can go to eplex.store. There's membership options there. If you're a Twitch sub, you get a discount on that membership option and... If you're a member over at eplex.store, you get a discount on any of our swag in the swag shop, which is applied on top of any coupon code you may find anywhere else. So you could, uh, save some money on a rad fucking shirt with a picture of Jordan Peterson on it or whatever. Uh, thanks everybody. Again, uh, we'll be back for red light live viewers, live listeners. Stay put. I just got to change the color of the lights, get up, walk around a minute. I've been sitting for a while, uh, and change the content of my beverage. We'll be back with some, um, terrifying fucking stuff.
0: doing at Ecoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com/ecoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3, even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Ecoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at ecoplexmedia.com/support.